Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Today's guest is Daniel Berdachevsky. At age 19, he had a profound near-death experience that shifted his perception on everything. Today, we will learn about what happened and what did he learn from his experience. Daniel, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Daniel, can you please start at the beginning and tell us what happened and how your NDE started? Well, uh, to clarify, I just wanted to mention something very important beforehand. And that is, I did not have a clinically confirmed death as in I was brought to a hospital and I flatlined and brought back to life. But the reason why, which I'll get into later, is I call this an NDE and not an OBE, is very specific. And um, when it comes time to get to that part, you'll understand why it was an NDE. And in addition to that, I have had other OBEs. But how it started was anomalous in and of itself in that I had a medical issue. Um, I had something uh, going on with my heart, um, arrhythmias, palpitations. I had extremely hard, high blood pressure. And this just suddenly kind of abruptly started out of nowhere. Like one day I was normal. And then I started feeling very ill and very kind of tense and agitated. And so I go to a doctor and uh, not just any doctor, I go to a very well-known doctor who did a series of tests, many different kinds of tests, um, EKGs, blood tests, everything, and was unable to determine what was causing the very high blood pressure. So the only thing she was able to do was to put me on blood pressure medication which did work for a while and then after a time it just simply wouldn't work anymore so whatever this was she wasn't she wasn't figuring it out that my heart was still beating out of my chest i was still having very high blood pressure and nobody knew what to do so my mom being very religious in russian orthodox church um decided that um, she's going to take me to a monastery and um, a monastery, which is kind of normal for us. Um, We go to this Greek Orthodox monastery in Northern California, where she was hoping that a priest would bless me or hopefully obtain a miraculous healing which ended up being true. So if you want me to continue further from there, I will. Sure. So what actually happened was I was there and um, we're just going about our day, um, doing the things that they do. We would go to liturgy. We would eat, just do whatever they did. And one day I was feeling kind of ill, so I went in in and took a nap, like around midday in my room. And so I go in, not even five minutes pass. I'm not sleeping. I'm just laying down on the bed. And I feel myself stop breathing. I literally feel myself take my last breath, and I feel my heart stop take us last beat. And that's when the NDE actually starts. Hmm. And that's, that's, that's why I call it an NDE and not an OB because I literally felt myself die. Were you under a lot of stress at the time? Yeah. I, I, I was under a lot of kind of 
19 kind of lacking direction in life type of situation. Um, more kind of in a state of confusion and depression. Stress, yes, there was some stress, but um, I think that definitely played a factor as well, yeah. But nothing like overwhelming. Um, there was overwhelming stress like a couple of years prior to that, some very serious situations, um, really kind of traumatic events, actually. Um, but in that particular time, no. But I was still actually recovering from the trauma of what happened a couple of years back. So, yeah, I would say I would say that there was stress. Okay, I was just curious what was giving you the irregular heartbeats and the and the difficulty and thought maybe he had a lot of stress or something. I, I'm still curious about that to this day, all these years later, <laughs> because I, I still don't really know. So I exit my body through my chest and I find myself on the ceiling looking down at myself, completely not even having the slightest clue of who I was looking at. Um, I remember feeling a sensation of being in a body. I remember seeing my arms extending downward. I remember feeling like I still had a body, although it was very light. And so I was up there on the ceiling for what felt like an eternity. Hmm. And um, I started noticing things. So I started noticing that I could see 360 degrees all around me. Mm -hmm. I started noticing that I could see through the walls. Mm -hmm. And so at this time, the monks in the monastery were conducting liturgy. And I was, I was able to project my consciousness into the church and see everything that they were doing, feel everything that they were feeling, and just immerse myself in that moment of what they were experiencing at that time. So I bring my consciousness back and I'm still observing the avatar that was on the bed that even after all this time, I'm still unable to recognize. And then it was like a moment of clarity came and it clicked in my head that it was me. And when that moment came, zoom, it was like a vacuum cleaner. I shot up through the ceiling in, in, in this very like almost precise, like coordinated sequential order in which it felt very deliberate in what I was supposed to be shown. And I'll get into that. So what I mean is that I shot up through the ceiling and I found myself floating almost like on the edge of space. And I was looking kind of at the Pacific Northwest, Northern California section, which is where we were located. And I look down and I'm seeing all these wildfires everywhere, just everywhere, everything burning. And then I know, so before we even went on the trip to the monastery, this was in 2007. And that year, there were thousands of lightning strikes that hit Northern California, sparking thousands of wildfires. So there was smoke everywhere and there was fire. And I was able to see that from space, which was really astonishing. And um, I noticed that I looked at that and then I uh, refocused my attention to a city. Now, I don't remember 100 percent what city, but I'm fairly certain it was San Francisco. And so I project my consciousness into the city. And in a similar type of experience to the monks, I am able to um, kind of infuse my beingness in with the people that were walking about, just regular people on the streets. And I was able to feel everything they were feeling. I was able to just almost become them for a brief moment. And it would branch out. It would be like a branch. So I would focus on one person. And then from that one individual, it would kind of be like a spider web that would connect me to everyone else around. And I felt this profound sense of like connection to everyone, like no matter who they were, while I was observing the city. 
So <clears throat> following that, this is when we, things became very strange. So I go further higher into space where I see the entire globe now. And the globe, this is one of the aspects that I have a tremendous amount of difficulty describing because it almost looked like the earth was actually breathing. So I could tell that it was very much alive. And it, it was feeling this sensation of movement, of a breath taking place. And the breath, it was a very specific type of breath too. And it felt very heavy and labored. Like it was a, a breath that was in distress, which was interesting because that's what I was experiencing myself down on earth below. But it was more than that. So it looked very, I sensed the energy of the earth and the energy was, it was a combination of two things. One, it was very ancient, very raw and very powerful energy. Um, on the other hand, there was something that was like overlaid on top that felt very simulator-like, that felt very computer-like that was kind of infused into the organic structure of the earth. And it looked like a SimCity simulation type grid. It's really hard to explain. I've been having trouble for years explaining exactly what it looked like and how it was. But just imagine a fusion of organic and inorganic is the only way I can explain it. You know, I think some people mm -hmm. believe that what we live in is a hologram anyways. So maybe what you're describing is like a hologram infused with an organic planet. That's exactly it. So there, it's like a double-edged sword. So there, there are these two elements combined into one. That's what it felt like. So, and over the years I've been thinking since there was this heavy labor, labored breathing that the earth was projecting, I, I'm starting to maybe piece the two and two together that maybe the holographic element or component to the earth is what's causing the distress. That's definitely a possibility, but it's a million things we can speculate about. And I don't know the real answer and I don't think anyone really does yet. So anyway, um, so as I'm looking at the earth from space, there was another kind of tunnel type of motion. And again, like a lot of people see a tunnel, it wasn't really a tunnel. It just felt like kind of a very fast motion. And like, I really like the word back. Literally felt like I was sucked up. <laughs> and, and it was funny is because I really clearly recall like the, the sensation of my guts, like going up to my chest, exactly like you would imagine being on a roller coaster. So I would be like going up. So then I, I saw the galaxy. So I was able to see kind of a panorama of our galaxy. And it looked very similar to what you would see in the Hubble, uh, Hubble Space Telescope images and things like that. And so that was only for a brief moment. And so it would projected, sucked me back further again to where I was seeing the universe. And then the entire universe became just kind of infused and enveloped in this white cloud, this white mist. Um, and emanating from the white mist were these golden sparkles, these like little beams of light that were just shooting in every direction. And mind you, this entire time, I'm still sensing that I'm in a body and that I'm facing downwards. Uh, my, Even though I'm able to see 360, my uh, focus is in a specific direction towards what I was looking at, which was Earth and the galaxy. And so, but as I came upon this white misty cloud, um, I kind of flipped over. It, it's hard to explain, but I kind of just projected my awareness from this direction to that direction. And then I became no direction 
and I became no body. So the body dissipated at that point. And uh, I became a light blue globe or orb of consciousness. I became this light blue ball, essentially. And I was facing a golden light. And this golden light is... People describe this love, and I use uh, my own analogy to try to describe what it was like. And the closest thing I can come up with is um, all the love that ever was and all the love that ever will be for all eternity is being poured onto you in a single moment. Hmm. So it was indescribable. It, it, I, I knew that every, no matter what I do for all eternity, no matter what I've done eons ago, that this love will never change. Never, no matter what. And it was a sense of profound joy and bliss that doesn't compare to anything ever on earth that you could possibly imagine. And so growing up in strict and stringent religions, this was not what I was expecting to see, this amount of love and no judgment, no judgment at all. But so I see another blue orb um, approach me. And this particular blue orb, I had an intense sense of familiarity. I've known this blue orb for literally eternity like uh, there was such an intense sense of familiarity with this being that I, I can't even put words to describe it. And um, I had no such familiarity like that on earth ever, not even close. So, and mind you, while this is happening, I wanted to mention something very important and that, while I'm in this white mist, in this cloud, there's two things I'm noticing. So people uh, who have had similar experiences say, no time. The way I like to describe it is, is it's, it's the absolute zero point. So it's the absolute nothing. It's the absolute nothing in which every, from which everything emanates from. And it was always nothing and will always be nothing. And in that nothing is everything. And you really feel it in that moment. You really feel that strong sensation when you're there. Oh, it's zero. Like I literally imagine the number zero because it's circling and it's circling endlessly. So, um, uh, so, and I also felt like my life on earth while up there in the mist was something that occurred eons ago it was something that felt like a distant memory even though i seemingly had just arrived to this white mist it felt like it happened a thousand years ago it's so bizarre i don't know how how to really explain it but um so this blue being approaches me and we communicate and he begins he she begins to tell me or rather show me some sort of wheel. And it's like, I was talking about the zero and it kind of looked like a zero. It was like this transparent, almost film reel like structure. And in this film reel, uh, it looked like it contained the entire history of the earth, past, present and future all occurring simultaneously all contained within the structure. And so I'm looking at it and I have really kind of vivid recollections of looking at really particular memories for whatever reason of ancient Rome. I remember seeing kings and queens that you would imagine in like England, the Victorian era, just like different epochs of history just sort of playing out all simultaneously like with no context, like there was no, this event came after another event or this is the past and this is the future. I just somehow automatically knew that the past, present, future, all right there in that wheel, period, end of story. 
And um, it was funny, like uh, Carl Sagan comes to mind because he was talking, he had this uh, famous speech that he did about all the kings and queens and how they're on this little blue dot and how they think they're all relevant and significant and blah, blah, blah. And that's exactly what it looked like to me. I was looking at these powerful people in authority and kings and queens and emperors and how they think so highly of themselves, but they're just, they're just in this wheel. And it just didn't feel, it felt like a play. It felt like an act. It was so bizarre. So the weird thing is, is that what you we would perceive as, as the future I don't recall from that wheel at all after the experience, but yet years later, I've had very, very, very intense OBEs and vivid dreams of potential future events that I possibly might connect to that wheel, but I'm not entirely sure. But in that moment, it seems like I have forgotten the perceived future events after I return to Earth. So... So I'm shown this wheel and then I face up to the light. And this is the most frustrating aspect of this entire experience to me. And that I don't, the light spoke to me and and I don't remember what it said. And it seems like the same thing with the future events. Like it, it was deliberate so that I would not remember what it told me, because obviously I would have remembered in detail like everything else, but it spoke to me. And I I remember feeling very upset, very frustrated. Obviously I wanted to stay there. It was amazing. It was indescribable. It was absolute bliss, love and glory. And it told me basically told me no, but I don't actually remember the telepathic communication that took place. So back again, kind of like in a sequential order, I return back, zoom back into the earth and I shoot back into my body and it felt like I got hit by a sledgehammer in the chest and I came to gasping for breath, gasping for air and um, I go up and I walk up to a mirror and my skin is pale and pasty and, and really moist. And it was just, I felt really terrible like that entire rest of the day, but at peace because of what happened. And then in the following days, I returned to the doctor. My blood pressure is back to normal. No issues with my heart. Nothing like it never even happened. Well, at least that's good news. <laughs> yeah, for um, sure. <laughs> it was. Who do you think that blue orb was? Ooh, that is a very good question. Who do I think it was? Um, I need a second to think about this because I think... I can tell you right away that it was definitely part of my soul family. Mm -hmm. So whoever it was, it was somebody that's been a guide to me. It definitely felt like someone who's an elder, someone who has uh, more wisdom. It definitely felt like an authority type of figure in a sense, but it didn't really, it didn't have an angelic presence. So it was a presence that was more friend, like a friend, family member type presence. Mm-hmm. So the closest thing I could tell you is that I feel like it was my soul family. Makes sense. Um, I believe you were saying that the light in the mist or some type of light was communicating with you and you couldn't remember. If so, mm-hmm. who do you think that was? Uh, I, I don't have any, any doubt whatsoever that that was all of creation, the divine, that was God. That okay. To me, that was absolutely God because in that absolute zero point, I felt the, the absolute nothing and everything. So eternity was contained within that cloud. 
and it was God. To, and I'm absolutely 100% convinced that that is the creator of all creation. And you said that you were frustrated. Do you think it's possible that maybe he spoke that you have to go back? That Well, that's the sense. Yeah, that's what I was getting. Yeah. I was frustrated. I was annoyed. I was upset. I was kind of like arguing and things like that. And um, yeah, but yeah, of course, definitely there was something similar to that nature about, but there was more to it though. There was more to, it wasn't just go back. There was other things spoken. Um, and I have a feeling that whatever was said will be unlocked when the right time comes hmm. in me. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you've had OBEs afterwards. Have you had had any before this? No, uh, not that I recall. I mean, I've had lucid dreams and I've had paranormal experiences. Like, for example, I've seen UFOs and I've had uh, ghost encounters and things like that. But as far as actual, like, um, I don't know, like maybe when I was a very young child, I probably did. I have very vivid memories of of going to this like very heavenly ri- uh, river. And uh, I would be in this location, I I would be drinking this crystal clear water, and it felt like the greatest water in the universe. And I think that was the closest thing to an OBE, Mm -hmm. like I had as a a child. Mm -hmm. Um, Since you've been back, besides having a clean bill of cardiovascular health, have you noticed any other changes? Um, I noticed... Um, yeah, I noticed that my, my mental, like, perception of everything, basically, especially religion, has completely changed. Because before that, I just sort of accepted what people would tell me, and like, kind of follow along. But even though I've always had kind of my own mind and my own way of thinking and doing things but after that i couldn't connect or relate to really any religion after this um especially you know know, a lot of people ask me about this experience like have you seen jesus have you seen jesus i I tell them no i'm sorry but i haven't i didn't see jesus there and uh, some people actually seem confused by that and i'm like i don't know what to tell you And so, yeah, just I really began to open up and began, got really interested in, in spirituality and all kinds of things like channeling and mediums. And just uh, I've read a lot of books. I read a lot of Gnostic texts and a lot of ancient texts. And I just really kind of dug into all this stuff. Yeah. So it changed my the, my way of thinking. But it also was a really big struggle because I. I didn't want to, I didn't want to be here after that. <laughs> like it was, it was just a struggle. I've always, I, every day, I, there's still not a day that goes by ever when I don't think about this experience. Since then, every single day I've been at least once a day meditating on this experience. Do you feel like this experience is with you all the time and like you just can't shake it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I feel like, um, in a sense, it's guiding me. Like um, it's it's infused. It's very hard to describe. It's like infused in my nature, especially that particular guide that I know I'm going to meet when I return there. What about um, since you've had the experience? Are you having any feelings of homesick or loneliness? You know what? I'm actually just starting to get over those feelings like literally within like the last year or so for years and years yes i had this very intense homesickness very intense and uh no matter where i went like everything would just feel off and i would feel incomplete and um i would do different things to try to change that but just recently i'm starting to finally kind of just accept that i'm here and I have to be here. I'm here in the now and I have to live my life and I got to just live, live and let live essentially. All right. Yeah, that sounds And great. let it go. Do you feel like you have any after effects from this that you have to manage? Hmm, that's an interesting question. Um, 
after effects <laughs> well i i don't know how to describe it really but sometimes like i would try to kind of analyze things from that absolute zero point eternal perspective rather than being a uh, practical and rational and just be simple about things i would try to just overcomplicate things and overanalyze them and try to understand them from that eternal sense which is just ridiculously hard to do and doesn't make any sense so i'd have to kind of bring myself back down to earth and just realize that hey let's be logical about this kind of thing you know now that so much time has passed i think it's been like a, what about 13 14 years yeah and you've had a lot of time to reflect on it what would you say that you've learned from this whole experience I learned that um, we, as a collective, as life in general, are so incredibly precious and valuable, and yet we don't value ourselves while we're here at the moment. We judge and we judge and we judge, and this guy is like that and that girl is like this, while failing to realize that we're all equally and eternally precious and loved beyond comprehension. This is to me the most profound and important thing is because the people separate, they separate with their religion, they separate with their belief systems, they separate with politics. But the, the bigger picture as a whole is that the love is everywhere and emanates in everyone and everyone is equally valued. After you came back, were people saying like, wow, Daniel, you've changed. You're like a different person. No, uh, because I didn't talk about it for a long time. Hmm. I actually only mentioned it like um, probably two, two or three years after the fact hmm. for the first time, even to my mom. Wow. But no, I wouldn't even talk about it. Yeah. So she was probably always under the belief that you were healed at that monastery. Yeah. And I mean, technically I was, so right. she was right. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like you got any gifts from this experience, like clairvoyance or intuition or, or anything else like that? Intuition. Definitely. Um, I'm definitely uh, more empathic and, and, and more able to sense people's emotions and uh, try to, I always like try to view it from their perspective. Now, whatever struggle it is that they're going through, or definitely I feel like um, a more unified uh, consciousness and kind of understanding of individuals. My, I'm just trying to learn over the years to be less and less judgmental. I think that for me, that's important mm -hmm. and just try to look at it from the bigger picture, essentially. But yeah, I would say definitely more empathic and and more intuitive. Yeah. If you met any people who had just recently had an NDE and they were looking for advice, what kind of advice would you give them? Definitely find, find a community, uh, find a community to talk to, find people to talk to that would understand and relate to you. And there's a lot out there, plenty of groups on Facebook, for example, and things like that. I don't be isolated like I was. I do not recommend that because those two years when I didn't talk about it were very, very difficult. What misconceptions do you think people have about NDEs now that you've experienced one? I've had... Um, the biggest struggle for me is that I've had the logical atheist minded individual attempt to convince me that it was just all the product of neurons in my brain, mm -hmm. which is a misconception because to me, that's just absolutely impossible. It is just not even possible for it just to be in my brain. And I, and it's not, I mean, we all know it isn't <laughs> people like me and you, we all know it's not. So, that to me, that was a struggle uh, talking and debating with people like that. <laughs>
So uh, mis other misconceptions. Um, um, I think, um, you know what else, actually? I think people sort of expect, like, especially since they have a certain belief system, they expect a person to have a specific type of experience. But the way I look at it, is every individual is unique and every and God created every person unique. So everyone will have a unique afterlife and a unique NTE as well. So I, that's definitely another misconception. There might be like kind of a hive mind mentality over, yes, it must be like this or like that or like this. I don't see it that way. It must, it's in any way it could possibly be. It's, it, it's as varied as life is varied on earth, kind of, the way I look at it. Yeah, I would agree with that. I've probably done, I'm guessing, about 50 NDEs, and all of them have been different from each other, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't follow the research on this. I'm pretty sure that out there somewhere is some criteria that decides, okay, you've had an NDE or you've had an OBE. From what you're saying, mm. it sounds like to me you had an NDE. And I don't think you have to be clinically, yeah. clinically dead. And we don't even know if you were. You may have been clinically dead for a while. We just don't know. I truly believe I was clinically dead, especially um, uh, the aftermath of waking up, like gasping for breath, like mm -hmm. like I was out of breath for a long time. And I, it, it just felt like like my heart stopping, the, the breathing stopping. It felt like death. It, it to me, it was, yeah. I know that you said that, especially when you're in the place of the mist, you know, there was no time. But can you speculate? Do you think how much time had passed through this entire experience? Um, if I could equate it to time, um, I would, it felt like I was up there. Well, remember how I was saying, like, it felt like life on Earth was a distant memory. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing I could compare it to. Like I was there for what felt like a long time because it felt like life was a distant memory. Mm -hmm. That's really the only thing I could say. Weeks, years. When you were out of your body, did you feel free and you could occupy all this space? And then when you got back, do you felt like you were stuffed back into this body? Oh yeah. It was, yeah, it was absolutely terrible. I felt very free, very free. And uh, when I was like in what people call the astral body, mm -hmm. it was very liberating on its own. But when I became the blue orb, that was a, a liberation on a whole new level. Mm -hmm. That was even twice as ecstatic and amazing as even the astral body. So, yeah, it was terrible being back in the body. Very, very constricting, like a claustrophobic Hmm. That's very interesting that you had like two different types of um, kind of physical realities. I mean, you were this astral body and then you were an orb. Do you have any revelations yeah. about that or why you were two different things? I think because it was kind of so when I was in the material realm, this is how I relate to the material realm I'm used to and preoccupied seeing hands, arms, a head, blah, blah, blah. And so to me, it was like it blended and matched together. But once I was in the mist, in the white mist, that no longer computed. It was kind of no longer relevant to be in what we would think of as a body. Mm -hmm. But while I was still observing the material realm, it still felt relevant. So does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Once you were in the mist, did you even forget about who Daniel was? Or did you think Daniel was this guy back on earth that I played a part in? Or did you still have some more identity as Daniel? Um, no, I, I had a, a very pure it was like the purest form of identity. So no, I, I didn't shed my entire identity when I was the blue orb. I still like felt like my mind was my mind, but it was a lot clearer. It was a lot more perfected. It was a lot more enhanced. 
Um, I didn't relate to the life or the body, but, but the beingness, the consciousness of Daniel, I still felt like that was me as I am even now. Makes sense? <laughs> it's hard to explain. I so, so, no, I, I wouldn't say that I've shed my identity completely, no. Right. But, like I said, it's it's complicated because, again, it felt like the life was a distant memory, but I still sort it still felt like me, just a purer me. Do you feel like <laughs> that you're limited by the brain? When you're back, things have to work through the brain. To, oh, like maybe to occupy a body, the system has to work through your brain and it's limiting and maybe your, your thought is slower. Does that yeah. make any sense? Yes. Yes, it feels very limiting. It feels very constricting. Like I sometimes feel like I just want to expand and like branch out and just be more kind of just infuse a greater part of myself like to the whole, but I feel like I just can't do it because I'm just like constricted to like this rigid system here. It's, it's really, it is definitely very limiting. Yeah. The brain, very, very limiting. Yeah. I've been thinking about that lately because if consciousness isn't a part of the brain and if we're here experiencing life on earth and, and occupying bodies, it's kind of like we have to use the body and maybe the body kind of limits us in a way. I think it does. It does limit us. It's a filter. Um, and uh, to some degree, probably to our benefit, because if we didn't have a filter, we might literally end up in an insane asylum or something like that, you know? Hmm. So there has to be, there has to be a structure here in this realm. Right. So uh, I think like as we evolve as a species over time, that those restrictions will kind of start lifting and dissipating mm -hmm. and we won't be limited anymore when the, when whatever eons of time from now come, you know, did you encounter any other beings yeah. out there? Yeah. I saw other orbs uh, floating around in the mist, um, different colors. So mostly blue. I saw a lot of blue. I saw a lot of white and yellow. They're just kind of all in, infused in this mist and floating around all over and then there was the golden sparkles when i went into the cloud so yeah it, there was there was other orbs but did those other orbs like communicate with me no hmm. just just this one particular blue orb hmm. okay yeah that's interesting i was wondering if you would be connected to all the other ones no, I definitely felt connected. I felt connected to all of it. Definitely felt no sense of separation whatsoever. So, but, um, though it was really important, important for whatever reason that I still don't even know now that I had to communicate with this particular one. And for whatever reason, I had to see this wheel of time. It's all just really, it's still to this day, very strange and mysterious to me. And I don't have all the answers. I just don't. <laughs> Right. No, I understand. Yeah. Do you fear death anymore? No. Um, I fear how I'm going to die. So uh, I don't exactly want to be in tremendous pain, for example. Like, I hope I won't be. Or like a slow death of some kind. I definitely feel the uh, fear the process. Because like, who wouldn't? Honestly, like, people don't like being in pain. But the the aftermath no no not not whatsoever mm. not at all do you feel like this experience is a gift or a curse <laughs> overall i would say it's a gift it's a it's a big gift and i'm really grateful for it um the the elements that i used to think were a curse now that i reflect back on it i just brought that onto myself basically so by changing my mindset i now see it completely as a gift but there was a time like especially within that two years of not talking about it where i kind of did feel like it was a curse because like i said i didn't want to be here mm -hmm. and i didn't know who to tell or what to talk about or anything so but yeah definitely a gift very very grateful for it yeah i would think that yeah. if you anybody who had 
that kind of experience and knows that conscious, you know, that has certainty that consciousness carries on would be an enormous mm-hmm. gift. And I wish I didn't put yes. curse. I, don't, I wish that I really don't like that word. And I don't think that was the right one to choose, but mm. you know, something bad that happened versus a gift. Mm-hmm. Do you have a Facebook page or do you interact with the public or are you a private person? I do. I, I yeah, I like and I interact with the public. I like yeah, and I do have Facebook. I have several social media accounts, and uh, yeah, uh, same name on my Facebook. If people want to contact me there, yeah, as as is below right here. Yeah. Okay, because I was just curious. You know, <laughs> someone may be listening to this podcast and feel like I've had the same experience as you or something, and they just may feel compelled to reach out to you. I've had that happen people. before on Facebook. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had that happen before, so I'll be glad if someone does. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. And so um, you also have a YouTube channel. What do you do on your YouTube channel and what is it called? Dreams and Other Stuff. Mm-hmm. It's called Dreams and Other Stuff, which is literally that, Dreams and Other Stuff. So talk about my dreams. Sometimes I would play one of my songs. Sometimes I would talk about a conspiracy, politics, news, current events, but mostly dreams. I, I would say the majority of my videos are dreams, OBEs, and they're clearly defined in the channel. You'll see very clearly what are dreams and what are not, so people will be able to discern quite easily. I've never heard anybody say this, and I, I don't. I think I've ever asked. So, did you hear anything or hear music while you were there? It felt like, yeah. That's. I'm glad you brought that up. So. It's not that I heard the music. It's like it's more like that I was part of the music and I was I I was the music and the music was me. It's like everything in that absolute zero did emanate this kind of musical like tone, this harmony. Um I actually kind of came up with this odd term for it. I call it quantum oscillating harmonics. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like this bell, this very subtle bell-like rhythm that w- that would. E- I don't like using the word "hear." You don't really really hear it; you just experience it. You're just in the music. You know, mm-hmm. that's the only way I can explain it. Yeah, but there was. Do you feel a like sort you, of? Music. Do you feel like you were pulsating or? vibrating like to a rhythm maybe a rhythm of the universe yeah i felt yeah i felt like the 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 orb that that contained my consciousness was very rhythmic it was very uh powerful like it had this intense energy and so did all the other orbs around there they were they were kind of like had this like rhythmic movement or motion to them and um, very alive, like just very powerful, raw, pure, absolutely pure energy. And it was ecstatic to experience because it was so real. It was so, <sighs> yeah, I loved it. <laughs> I just loved it. I loved being, I loved being the, the blue orb. I loved being there. Yeah. So you're a musician. Have you ever played in a band and played in public or do you play mostly like in your room? Uh, I have played in bands before. Yeah. But I most now, nowadays, I mostly just prefer to stick to myself, experiment with stuff. But I have played with plenty of other people before. Yeah. Uh, I played in a couple of church bands, for example. Um, but nothing really too much. No, like I never played in a bar or anything like that. Yeah. I was asking because I used to play semi-professionally and I had mentioned once before in a podcast that when the band is tight and the music's sounding great and the crowd is there, there's just like there's some kind of energy and it almost is mm-hmm. almost right. can give you chills. The hairs on the back of your neck stand up and, it's, um, and it's just like an indescribable feeling and I thought it was interesting that the way you put it, and maybe it is, it's like you almost become the music. And I'm wondering if you ever had that. That's excellent. I love. I was going to say, I was going to say. I love what you just brought up here. I was going to say, whenever you're playing music at home, do you ever get that same feeling like you had when you were in the mist? 
I, unfortunately, there's nothing that would even come close to comparing to that. Nothing I could ever do down here. But there are times when I'm playing and I'm just kind of completely infused in the moment where I do feel like this subtle connection to the all. But it's like one one thousandth of what it is up there, though. Like not like one one millionth, really, if I'm going to compare it. But about the concerts, that's interesting that you said that because I've been a play. haven't played really in that many concerts, but I've been to plenty of them. And I felt that energy that you're talking about in concerts, but still no comparison, not even close to what was up there in the ethereal realm. Yeah, Yeah. I would tend to agree with you. All right, Daniel. Well, before we wrap it up, do you have one last message that you would like to share with the audience? Um, I just want to share that um, I hope everyone, let's just say that um, a lot of people are struggling in many ways, financially, relationships, all that stuff. I just, I my the most important thing I want to get out of today is that I hope that they can develop a relationship to God because if they develop a relationship with their creator, then they, they won't be disconnected from that eternal creation. And it's really important that people know how much they're valued and how much they're loved because the way the world is set up, there's such a big divide and gaps between everything. A lot of people feel really worthless. A lot of people feel really down. And I just want them to remember, don't look at yourself as how society sees you. Uh, Know that eternally you're valued and loved forever no matter what that's my my message thank you for that and daniel thank you for being my guest i really appreciate you sharing your experience with us i wish you the best and i thank you as well thank you thank you thank you and uh have a great evening thanks you too all righty bye-bye